Hi, I'm Deb Crow, and I want to welcome you to Season 3 of Imperfect, the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. This is a podcast where we connect, learn, and laugh together with authentic and courageous leaders from all over the globe. You will learn from leaders you haven't even met yet. You will gain new tools to add to your leadership toolkit. Leadership belongs to all of us. It's not measured by stature or title. So please pull up a chair and listen in. This is the Heart Centered Leadership Podcast. I know I say this every month, but oh my gosh, I can't believe that we are at the end of March. I don't know where this month went, but I always enjoy the opportunity to come on the podcast and do the last Friday of every month and be solo without a guest to tell you what's been going on in my heart-centered world. So lots of exciting things have happened this month. I was able to get away with my husband to Los Cabos in Mexico. We hadn't been in three years like most people returning to a winter vacation. And it was lovely to just get away and immerse ourselves in the culture and enjoy some nice weather and get away from the winter that was still prevailing very much this month in Canada. And to continue participating in some corporate wellness initiatives for a few different companies. And I've said this before, You know, our leadership journey is so interesting in that we never know the remnants or the skills that we bring from all that we've done from a young age to present and how we transfer that into the present day. So having the opportunity to be a yoga teacher again, I hadn't done that since before COVID, like a lot of things. And the fact that I ran into and was reunited with so many people was just absolutely lovely. And the openness of people coming and talking to me after classes about what was going on in their workplace, teachers saying to me what was going on in their classroom, and just open-ended, vulnerable, transparent conversations really easy to do, especially after you've just done an hour of yoga with a deep meditation. And I just was so grateful for that experience. I landed up being offered four teaching positions in the city for yoga. And I only decided to do one. And I wanted to start the March podcast by telling you what I decided and why. There were two lovely women who came in motorized wheelchairs at the start of the yoga in January. And they remembered me from when I was doing my practical hours before I could be certified as a yoga teacher. And at that time, they were both able to speak and really enjoyed and were still able to do some of the gentle flow movements within a chair. And at that time, they weren't in a motorized chair. So fast forward, we were reunited. Both of these women are now nonverbal. They had lovely caregivers that brought them each week to Hemans in the greenhouse. And there's so much power in non-communication. 
and nonverbal skills and the ability to look deeply into someone's eyes and just feel their emotion. That was a beautiful reunion for me on that level. And the nonprofit organization that works with these women asked me if I would do a chair yoga one Friday a month for a large group. And that just happened last Friday. And there was over 60 people in the room. It was at a new center in my city. It was very beautiful. It was overwhelming. And when I finished the one hour, I felt like I had just given a keynote because there were so many different types and levels of disability. Most of the attendees were nonverbal. And to look in the eye of the caregivers, they just looked exhausted. So I was trying to balance my offering for the women that were there with different types of disabilities and also give some heart-centered love and leadership throughout my yoga practice to the caregivers. So that was a fun surprise or element that is now in my schedule. And it's one that I look forward to. And I just feel passionate about kind of like looking at a previous leadership position, if you will, that I had and integrating it into where I am in my life right now. And I think we all want to feel happy and at peace and grateful every day and have different elements of self-care that are healthy and can de-stress us. So for me, that was a win-win. And I was just so excited to, to be back with that group and look forward to seeing them every month. The other big achievement that I'm really excited to talk about is I've had a book sitting in my heart for 30 years. And I finally had the courage and the discipline and the structure and the right teacher and the right cohort to finally finish my book. My manuscript finished this month and to say it was a large undertaking is truly an understatement as writing a book is probably the hardest thing that I've ever done. I reached out to several of my colleagues and friends to see how they were doing when they were writing their book. And I would often hear, you're right where you should be, Deb, a little bit nervous, a little bit excited. And as Professor Coaster has taught me, this is his word, a combination of nervous and excited is nervited. And it brings me back to conversations I used to have with my Irish Nana because she used to say the butterflies are in your stomach for a reason. They're there to keep your ego in check. And anytime you have butterflies, it's an indication that your heart and your head are aligned and you really care about what you're doing. And this book is a massive, massive element of my courage. I'm putting my thought leadership, my words out to the world, my interpretation, my model, just so many things that were sitting in my heart. And it's like I'm taking my flagpole and putting it in the ground to say heart-centered leadership has a place in this world, even though I was told it didn't. 
It really does. And now I've worked with enough C-suite leaders who tell me it's hard to have it in business acumen, but it's not impossible. So think about that for a moment. The head of the org chart says, we can have heart-centered leadership. It's doable, it's achievable, but it's not easy for all leaders. And that's what I wanted to talk about this month is, you know, when we talk about heart-centered leadership, and where that shows up. A lot of times when I'm seeing different leaders say it's not available, it's such a demonstration of someone who's not done the inner work. And this is not my own only opinion. I have coached many, many C-suite leaders, many people on executives, many different types of leaders. And when you know yourself, and you've done that inner work, it's easy to integrate and model for your executive team and your organization at large how to be heart-centered, how to lead heart-centered, how to be vulnerable, how to be authentic, how to be transparent, how to have humility, to not have an apprehension in saying, I don't know. When I think about listening to all the whispers that have been in my own heart for years, it almost feels like a large weight has been lifted writing all of the words that is now my manuscript. And I know there's lots of playbooks out there. There's lots of playbooks for sports. There's leadership playbooks, but I never found one for heart-centered leadership playbook. So I wrote my own. The excitement of just saying that just lets me know I am capable of amazing things. We are all capable of amazing things. And unless we're willing to put in the work, nothing will get done. So it's having the mentality of moving something that's sitting in your heart. Can you move it ahead by one task today? What task can you complete to just move whatever's sitting in your heart just a little bit ahead? I can guarantee that when you do more of what you love, you stay in that self-directed space when you're thinking. I am so happy because I want to do this. I am so happy because I get to do this. I am so happy I am choosing to do this And the worst case scenario is you get a no. And a no for me means that somebody's not on right now or there's more education or advocacy that needs to happen. And that happens in so many things in our life. So being the author of the Heart-Centered Leadership Playbook is exciting me. To be able to spend the rest of my working life helping people master the art of heart in life and leadership is exciting and challenging. But like that CEO said to me, it's not impossible. A lot of education comes around heart-centered leadership because it's directly relational to a culture. The pulse of a culture is the outcomes of the leadership. So when you look at companies that are run very, very well, the first thing you do 
is you think, I wonder who's leading that, that company. And then you look at that leader and you can see why the company is running so well. These are leaders that choose joy in their life. They're not afraid of hard work. They're not afraid of saying they don't know. They don't want to be the smartest person in the room, which is why they surround themselves with leaders on their executive team who have amazing and exemplary skills in the areas that they don't. And they allow these people to do what they do. And that allows everyone on the team and the culture to rise at large. It takes braveness to be a heart-centered leader. It takes courage to honor your connection with people. And it takes a lot of confidence. And that confidence needs to be aligned with happiness and intention. Because when you connect with people, all of your dreams can come true. You have to be confident, like I mentioned. You have to be disciplined and structured. And you have to enjoy the bumps along the way. There's going to be bumps and U-turns and potholes and valleys. And the key to all of that, to keep the line moving forward, like I said, moving it forward a little bit each day, is having a laugh at yourself, keeping yourself anchored on your goals. And at the end of the day, acknowledging your own self-worth. And that's what writing this book did for me. I have wanted to write this, like I said, for the last 30 years. And like other people listening on this podcast today, we all have those moments where we talk about imposter syndrome. Why would anybody want to read this? I am not expert on this. I had to let go of all those negative habits of thinking and embrace all of the work that I've done, all of the schooling I have done, all of the experience that I have for being an entrepreneur for 33 years. I have seen a lot in 33 years. I have learned a lot in 33 years. I've changed a lot. I've grown a lot. And the one thing that I have in common with a lot of my clients is I choose to learn every single day. There is no leader out there who knows everything. No one is an expert in everything. So are you leaving room in your activities every day to learn something? Are you the person who's becoming heart-centered or is heart-centered and giving somebody in your life, whether it's family, extended family, friend, colleague, coworker, are you making them smile today? Are you the person who notices what other people don't? Are you the person in the room who listens more instead of talking? There's so much goodness to see if we really keep our eyes open to look. So I have launched my book campaign. We are doing all sorts of wonderful offerings. I'm doing virtual and in-person fireside chats. Obviously that's dependent on the geographic region. I would love to have you join me to grab a ticket for the virtual heart-centered fireside chat. 
You'll also get a signed copy of my book. We're going to put the link below. And I've also planned heart-centered fireside chats virtually and in person for companies. And we've kept the price point low to just have that casual chat, answer questions, Q&A on heart-centered leadership with 25 copies of my book. And there's also going to be an ebook. So we will post the link below. And a little bit about my book. I really thought about what I wanted to put in this book from many, many different sources. Being an entrepreneur for 33 years, being a neurotrauma case manager for over 20, thinking about all the clients I've had the honor and privilege to coach going into my 14th year putting in all of the leadership tools and qualities and my heart-centered leadership model that I developed and really helping the reader take a look at trauma and loss. It's a commonality we all share at different junctures in our life. And how can you turn those grief memories into a learning moment and then add them into your leadership journey? I also talk about my Irish Nana a lot. She taught me a lot about life and leadership and how they both can be aligned when you have a good set of morals and values and core beliefs and much, much more. So I hope everyone had a great month of March to all of you who got away with family and friends or your kids for March break. Just another element of being on the other side of the pandemic. So sending lots of heart-centered leadership love out to everybody. Really, really enjoying season three of the podcast. We have some amazing guests coming up for the remainder of the season before we go dark for a month. And I can't believe we're on the heels of season four. I just don't know where the time goes. I guess time does fly when you're having fun. So thanks so much for tuning in and listening. And again, I'm excited about my book and I hope you join me on this journey until the book is physically in our hands in September. I hope that my words will elevate you and inspire you and take you on a beautiful navigation to lead from your heart. Thanks so much for listening. This is Deb Crow, and I'll talk to you in April. Thanks for joining me today on Imperfect, the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. I hope that you've enjoyed the show today and learned some new tools for your leadership from our amazing Heart-Centered guest. And if you like the show, we would welcome a rating and review on whatever platform you listen to. And we would love to have any comments or feedback at any time. And if you want some more Heart-Centered goodness, Head over to our daily blog, masteringtheheart.com.